I'm sorry, I had the turntable at the wrong speed. Welcome to the Longo Combo, where changing your mind is valued. We're your hosts, Megan and Justin Longo, and we want to share our journey through topics new and old to find out how we can be more open-minded and update our beliefs based on new information. Our goal is to help people see that changing your mind should be celebrated and not demonized. All the while giving you a dose of what it's like to live in a household where an open mind is cherished. So wow, one year just passed of marriage. Can you believe it? Yeah, I can. Sneaky can't. He's back in the background choking right now. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe we've been married for a year. And I can't believe we've been married for a year. Yeah, uh, I can. It feels like a year. What part feels like a year? (laughs) What do you mean by that? Um, I don't know. It just seems like it's been about a year. Yeah. Usually it's hard for me to to feel the time, but I kind of feel this time. Okay. Well, I don't I don't think it's it's felt like an entire year. I feel like the wedding wasn't that long ago. Although I do feel a lot different than I did at the wedding, which I always seem to when I when I look back like a year before and kind of reflect, I feel a lot uh that a lot of changes has hap- have happened in my life and not necessarily like external changes, but internal changes. Like at this point I feel different. I feel mm, I feel like I've learned some things and have evolved. You've changed your mind on things? I think I've I've definitely changed my mind on some things. Definitely. So if you're all wondering how we celebrated one year of marriage, we decided to do what everyone dreams of doing on their first year of marriage anniversary. Naturally. Naturally, we took a road trip to South Dakota. Yep. And it was so much fun. Now, see, I had been to South Dakota before, but Justin had not. But you hadn't been to where we went. Right, right. So we decided on Deadwood, Deadwood, South Dakota. Like the TV show. Like the TV show. And, and they, once you get there, they really milk it. They play it up. Yep. I hadn't even seen the show, but ju- everywhere we went, Justin was like, oh, that's a character from the show. That's a character from a show. Um, but one of our friends recommended it. We were, we were trying to figure out what are we going to do for our one year I said to Justin right off the bat, I'm like, oh my God, let's go to Greece. And he's like, are you kidding me? (laughs) We just did a honeymoon for two weeks out of the country and we've been traveling nonstop since we got married. And now you want to plan a big grandiose trip to Greece. In my head, I thought it was a great idea, but realistically, um, like we've mentioned a few times on the podcast, we have some budget goals for the year 2019 and going to Greece is not conducive to meeting those goals. Pretty much doing anything at this point is not conducive to meeting that goal. We need to eat ramen noodles um, or have a lucky break at this point, I think, to meet our financial goal. And despite the fact that Greece is bankrupt and we can probably get 10,000 Greek pesos for $1, it still wouldn't be conducive. It still wouldn't be conducive because we the biggest cost would be the flight there. Yep. So anyway, we're discussing, you know, what are we going to do? Let's go celebrate. You know, it's always great to have an excuse to celebrate. At the end of the day, that is one of my favorite parts of life are like celebrating the wonderful things that have happened. And I've known a person in the past who didn't celebrate his birthday and he thought it was lame because birthdays are a given and they're not something you work for. So you shouldn't celebrate it. Like what a fucking Scrooge, right? Because like any chance you get the chance to celebrate, you should be celebrating because... 
that is, it brings so much joy and it brings people together and you get to reflect and I'm just, you know, screw is those this, people. Is this person immortal? They're not a given. They're not a given <laughs> yeah, unless, yeah, you, said. unless like, you're well, immortal. Yeah, you made it here. Like <laughs> they just didn't think it was a feat enough to, to celebrate. Yeah. And I, 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 I see where they're coming from in terms of, you know, whatever you re- did one more year of life, but in like a literal sense, but it's not, but you also might've accomplished every person I would hope can find one thing that they've accomplished in a year and be able to like reflect each year. I think that's a big part of celebration is like being able to stop and say for a birthday, for an anniversary, for a holiday, and reflect on something. Thanksgiving, you reflect on what you're thankful for. Anniversaries, you reflect on your relationship. Birthdays, you reflect on your self-work. Well, and the birthdays also give loved ones a chance to recognize someone in their life for an entire day. And so, yeah, it is a reflection point. It's a, it's a stop and let's consider this person or this couple or let's consider ourselves or let's mm-hmm. consider myself. And if you're not... If the birthday doesn't come up each year, then maybe you don't appreciate and show you don't show appreciation for somebody that you ought to, um, yeah, and it kind of forces reminder. you forces you to do that. So yeah, exactly. I love the idea of holidays, birthdays, anniversaries, any kind of celebration. Although I draw the line at all these stupid, stupid uh, national. Donut Day, National Pizza Day, Na- National Go Pick a Flower Day, National Wipe Back to Front Day. <laughs> it's, just, it's like every day. You know, at first it was, people used to make a big stink about back in the day where Hallmark was just trying to monopolize and big corporate Hallmark was just trying to make money off all these holidays. And now there's literally a holiday every single day to celebrate some mundane part of life like national chocolate milk day (laughs) you know even national dog day as a dog lover dog owner huge you know proponent a dog enthusiast yeah some might say exactly like national dog day it annoys me like just because it's a part of this group of silly holidays trying to like sell something it's just giving people another excuse to be able to sell and push something but without national dog day how would you ever have the opportunity to reflect and appreciate dogs i know you should celebrate your dog's birthday (laughs) or something i don't know but i i mean i'm not a total grouch and i'm not totally against all those days but they're annoying to me they're pesky they pollute my social media feeds yeah you'd rather see cat photos yeah i'd just rather see like real life not made up life of like uh very um contrived forced holidays on people when they like they're like oh it's national dog day now i need to take an awkward picture with my dog and post it online i don't know maybe i sound like a grouch yeah do i sound like a grouch i was just sitting here talking about how wonderful celebration is and how it's everyone should be celebrating holidays and then i'm dogging well i i I think your position is rational because you're choosing to celebrate the things that you would like to choose and you're disregarding the things that you don't want to celebrate which is and that's the wonderful thing about voluntary voluntary interactions is that no one's forcing you to to celebrate national donut day so you don't Right. No one's forcing you to celebrate your birthday, but you do, and it's your choice. And right. so you make the you say these are important to me, these are not, and there there's a line to be drawn somewhere. So yeah, I guess that is ha- um, that is 
another reason why I think I like holidays because they are all voluntary. Yeah. You can, can you think of a single holiday you're forced to celebrate? I mean, maybe you're forced to have the day off. Like a, <laughs> like a company tells you not to come into work and they're not going to pay you. or Yeah, you know, but you could still go into work <laughs> even though they, you might not I know get paid. I know my boss wouldn't mind if I came into work on a holiday. So... All that, all of this to say, we did just celebrate one year oh, yeah. of manor, marriage. Yes, I digress. I digress. Yeah, that's a big... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. So we're trying to figure out where to go for our anniversary. And like I said, I originally said Greece. That got shot down, thankfully, because that was a terrible idea. We didn't need to drop $2,000. I don't even know where you got that well, from. Well, it's hilarious because we didn't need to drop $2,000 on going to Greece, yet we are fine with budgeting $2,000 for gambling money. Yeah. So. Shows where our priorities are. Yeah, funny. <laughs> funny how that works. So um, we were looking around Colorado and I was like, oh, maybe we can do like a romantic hot springs weekend and stay at a cute B&B. We've been traveling so much and we've had a dog sitter a lot. I was like, let's do something where we can just drive and bring the dogs, you know, do some hiking during the day. Um, just relax. Like that's what we were thinking was let's just relax. But I couldn't find anything in Colorado where there was an Airbnb available that wasn't going to charge us an arm and a leg for having the dogs. And that just looked like it would be fun. Like I yeah. was looking in, um, Can we look at Buena Vista and Salida and, and what's the town on your way to Vail? Something spring many. steamboat. No, that's North. That's North. The other Springs on uh, 70. It's like right on 70. Um, no, not, Pagosa, not Pagosa. No. It's like right on 70 and you take it down to Carbondale into Vail or Aspen into Aspen. Not Vail. It's right. You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> well, that's where I was originally looking and nothing looked fun or exciting or enticing. And we were talking with a friend and she was like, you guys should go to Deadwood. And I was like, what, what do you, what's going on up there? And she's like, it's in South Dakota they have casinos. And I just looked at Justin and I was like, sold. They have That's gambling. Where we're going. Yeah. <laughs> Sheriff Bullock and gambling. That's all I need. Yeah. So we decided to go to Deadwood and we booked this adorable little lodge. Uh, super dog friendly to the point. Yeah. If you ever go to South Dakota, they are the nicest people on earth. But what sold me right off the bat was I called to book the lodge. Well, I booked it online. Then I called to ask them about their pet policy. And they said... Yeah, we don't we don't have any additional fees. And I said, "Okay, great. Well, what are the rules regarding the pets because we have 3 dogs?" So I'm like, "Is there a limit? Is there some sort of rule?" And they were like, "No, just make sure you crate them if you're going to be out of the room." And I'm like, "That's it?" I'm like, "That doesn't exist in any hotel. Most mm -hmm. hotels would say, "Don't leave your dog in there if you're if you're not going to be there and we're going to charge you out the ass." to keep your dog there. Something like, you know, $150 deposit plus $100 per dog per night, something ridiculous. And another side note, while searching for Airbnbs, I'm truly starting to think that that business model is starting to go down the drain because the state has gotten involved so much, um, depending on the state, of course, is, you know, it depends where you are. But I couldn't find an Airbnb even recently, when I was looking for the, a spot for the wedding that we're going to, I couldn't find an Airbnb for one night um, that was 
the cleaning fee was less than the cost of the night in yeah. the Airbnb. And I'm like, what the hell? Why, w- why would anyone book a place for $90 a night and then pay $100 in cleaning fees when you're two people going into a single bedroom to just sleep for the night? Like, it's insane. Like, I, I just feel like the business model is starting to fall apart because of all the regulation that a lot of uh, Airbnbers are dealing with. The hotels got their way. The hotels the hotel, indeed got their the way. The hotel lobby just, you know, that's a special interest that was able to finagle the laws and the regulations to benefit them at the expense of everybody else, and now we're all paying for it. And now they've made it, they made it so that there's basically parity between the prices of a hotel and the price of an Airbnb, and that wasn't the case a couple of years ago. It was, you know, an Airbnb could be a third or a fourth of the price, and right. now... You could have a private room in someone's house for This is public nothing. choice economics. This is very predictable cronyism special interest you know lobby they have the power and they they eventually can sometimes get what they want and, you know, a lot of the taxis tried to take down uber but uber was so popular oftentimes they failed in, in taking down uber but they seems like the hotel lobby was able to kind of strong arm and at least where we're, where we're looking so yeah well and i think i think airbnb still has a chance you know we i i saw recently um, in Las Vegas, of course, the hotel the hotel cartel is quite yeah. powerful the to the point where cartel. the ho the yeah the ho cartel. Just, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't really work. <laughs> but um, uh, they don't allow any short term leasing in a lot of areas in Las Vegas. And as uh, the listeners might know, we frequent Vegas. I mean, at least in my eyes, I feel like we go pretty often. And we've stayed in an Airbnb once. Um, we've looked into like the potential investment opportunities of having a short-term rental. Um, and it's not that great because of the hotel lobby kind of pushing back and ensuring that Airbnb can't take over because it was a real threat to that industry. Um, however, certain jurisdictions have um, eased up a little bit. For instance, there's one community outside of Las Vegas that just reinstated short- short-term leases um, in Henderson, Nevada, which is like the southeast side of Vegas. So I'm sure there's still a lot of growing pains for Airbnb to get through. But overall, it was gruesome looking at the prices for some of these rooms. So we ended up staying at the lodge in Deadwood. Yeah, which I would prefer because then you got housekeeping. That's the one thing with Airbnb. It's like, don't charge me a $100 cleaning fee. You're not even coming in to like fluff my pillows in the middle of the yeah. day. So yeah, so we stayed at the lodge. And had a great time and discovered that South Dakotans, do you think that's what they call them? South yep. Dakotites? I think so. South Dakotaites? South Dakotans. South Dakotans. South Dakotans, They yeah. have a very particular Minnesotan accent. Yeah. Very northern. Very ca- Canadian slash the, the niceness, the politeness of Canada oh and the happiness and the friendliness of Canada and... But, like, they're just straight-up cowboys up there. Yeah. They're, like, oil and gas cowboys, like, six shooters and all. They all love poker and gambling. Well, I know we, we didn't. We saw a very concentrated s- selection yeah. of them that loved right. poker and gambling and wearing cowboy hats, but they were all super, super nice. Like, the nicest Everyone people we've ever so met. Everyone was so nice to us. I would go back just to hang out with some of the people we hung out with. Granted, yep. we were the young youngest people there. Yep. It, actually, in any setting we were in, we were some of the youngest people there. It was definitely more retirement, old folks. And while they were very nice, I did sense a lot of uh, 
unhealthy habits. What do you you mean? There was no good food anywhere near. I mean, we drove 400 miles or something like that. Maybe like 350 miles, but... We it's, never it's six once, hours door to door. Yeah, and yeah. we yeah, so that's about three hundred and fifty yeah. miles. Because yeah, it's twelve me... hours to St. Louis, and that's nine hundred miles, so that's four hundred and fifty. So it's roughly four hundred miles. Yeah, I think I used to do two hundred miles in three hours from DC to New Jersey. Maybe mm-hmm. does that sound right? Well, and it's twelve from here to St. Louis. Yeah, it yeah, and there's just. A lot of nothing. There's just nothing. And there's like no good food. All they have are steakhouses and like fried food joints. No, I didn't even see a grocery store. And we went to several towns. We went through a few towns. They definitely don't have Whole Foods. They definitely don't have like Trader Joe's or anything like that that carries remotely like healthy produce and health food options. And you kind of saw that in the elderly. They were suffering. Like a lot of the Yeah, some I, of them. A lot of them were overweight, yeah. not doing too hot. Not doing too hot, but um but they were so nice. Yeah, there's some for some reason I'm I'm I would think that the old cowboys up in the north would have some sort of I don't know, bigotry is sort of a hard word, but like yeah, some sort of like preconceived noticed. notion against us millennial looking types that are a little bit more uh off the cuff and boisterous and i didn't get i didn't get the feeling that they were like they loved it yeah they They, they, love for some reason they took to us like everybody loud and obnoxious a lot of the nights like at some gambling tables we'd have a few drinks and just start a few yeah you know a few times two yeah yeah (laughs) and we'd just start like shooting off jokes and we had the whole table crying and everyone was just cracking up laughing so they they took well to the the little city millennials that decided to come visit their and visit their town. Yeah, they're such good people. But that's the other thing I noticed was I and I think I said this on our way out of town, I didn't see a single like crucifix. I didn't see a bunch of Trump stuff. Yeah. Like you would think being in a rural area with kind of like blue collar-esque workers um a very predominantly white community um you know men wearing their cowboy hats and oil and women gas. still have that like 80s farrah fawcett hair yep. going on i didn't see any trump stuff yeah or and there's nothing and really there was nothing political, political or religious which was so nice yeah. it was so nice to be in a community and not feel like beaten over the head yeah it was it was just surprising to me. It was which, shocking. Which is a contrast to the the. There's nice salt of the earth people in like the Midwest and the in the Southeast. Oh yeah. But that's what you get is you get the salt of the so earth and then you hitting. get a bunch of like religious propaganda in your face. But up in the north in the in South Dakota, in South Dakota, they they just keep to themselves. There's salt of the earth, but then they don't. It's just very apolitical. Right. Yeah. It is very apolitical. I think that's yeah. a really good... And a-religious. They're just kind of like, yeah. let's do our thing. Yep. I let's didn't... have fun and just be friends and have a good time. Yep. Which is right up our alley. So another example of just the genuine kindness that we experienced was on our way there. We're driving down the highway and we're... Pro- You're driving okay. down the highway. <laughs> I'm driving down the highway. And we're only probably an hour away from our destination, from Deadwood. And we get pulled over. And I was going about 20 over the speed limit. So that's like a guaranteed ticket. 
mind you, the speed limit is very high in most parts of Wyoming and South Dakota. So you can do like 75, 80, I think in some areas. Yep. So, um, get pulled over. I'm like, oh shit. Like this sucks. Like what a way to start out the trip, but he didn't give us a ticket. Yep. I might've slid in there that it was our anniversary and yada, yada. But the cop didn't even get the sheriff didn't even, it was a sheriff of course, cause we're in the middle of nowhere. Yep. It wasn't Sheriff Bullock, though. No, it wasn't I, Sheriff I was just, Bullock. I checked his name tag to see. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he, he just, he was like, yeah, you, do you know why, or why were you going so fast? And I was like, well, honestly, we were just kind of mindlessly talking. We're almost to our destination, and I just wasn't keeping track of the speed limit. And what's hilarious is probably an hour before that, I was probably doing 100 yeah. <laughs> before the sun went down. So I'm really happy he caught me at 88 and a 70 rather than 100 and a 70. Yep. Um, but yeah, I was just like, yeah, it's our anniversary. We're headed up to Deadwood. And then, of course, he walks away. Takes a really long time. We, we pretty much figure we're getting a $200, $300 ticket. And he comes back with a warning. And I was like, wow. He said, happy anniversary. And he said, happy anniversary. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah. Good old sheriff. So we so, had yeah. a great time. What happened on Wednesday night? We played a poker tournament and somebody oh, yeah. somebody made a deep run. I won a poker tournament. I wish yeah. I had something to show for it, but I won way too early. That's what I was telling people <laughs> at work. I was like, yeah, I binked a tournament, but uh, when you win the first night of your long weekend of gambling... That shit ain't going to last. No, because then we were, we were on a free roll, so we yeah, were just like, fuck it. Let's so just... then we just started <laughs> throwing money on tables because we're like, we now we have money to play with. So um, <clears throat> that was really fun, though. That was exhilarating. That's the biggest tournament I've ever won. It was like a $1,700 payout. Yep. We chopped six ways. 50 people were in the tournament. Yeah. Made it to the final table with just straight up cowboys all around me. Just straight up boots with cowboy hats and their you know, marbles hanging out of their pockets. Yeah, she, she did. I'm very proud of you. You did really well. Thanks, babe. And the only thing I won and took home with me in Deadwood is this cold. <laughs> this That's true. mucusy voice that you're hearing is a result of probably handling way too many chips. Yeah. Touching a lot of community chips yep. is pretty disgusting. You do have to wash your hands a lot when you like to gamble like we yep. do. Don't rub your eyes. It's bad. Yeah. Don't put a chip so, in your eye. Yeah. But I do have to say, after winning that tournament, you winning a big win on the slot machine and not coming home with a profit, um, kind of goes up my ass sideways slightly. And yeah. I know it's like, I know I can't let it get to me. That's the name of the game. And whatnot but man i was like oh that's the biggest tournament i've ever won and i didn't even get to come home and put that money in the bank yeah but we were on a free roll from that point on and we were free rolling our entertainment and we had a very very fun time very every fun time. night we yeah. were i wish i could do the nights were never long enough i know we were up till i don't know one one or two in the morning every night morning. and then up by eight going yeah. out to hike and continue on but yeah it was fun we might have to talk about gambling in a in another episode because I think that trip made me have a little bit of a different perspective on it. It's like uh, I enjoy yeah, it. You change your mind on gambling? You don't like gambling no, anymore? No, no, no. It's not that I <laughs> changed my mind on it from just a very rudimentary like or dislike. I think 
I discovered an effect of gambling that I would like to talk about that is making me change my mind on what it means to me and okay. like why I like it so much. Yep. I think but we like it away now. I think we like it so much because it's games and we like games. We but do like we'll games. leave that to another time. And I like winning money. I like I like the rush. Yeah. The it's rush real. of the rush is real. Yeah, like betting and and bluffing and stuff is a huge rush. Yeah. So definitely. But you know, it's it's the stra- it's a strategy game. Like every yeah. everyone but not, every game not is not the table games. Yeah, but well, I mean, the yeah, table games are to a to, it, to an extent. But not it's not as exploitable as strategy at the poker table for sure so um back to the car ride on our way to deadwood justin asked me a question that i think would be really interesting to to talk about today in in talking about one year of being married and he said do you like me less (laughs) that's not what he said he said did you think it was going to be this hard and I was like, oof. I said, well, yeah, kind of, because everybody says that. You know, you want to, you're like living in this, um, you know, honeymoon phase, literally, where you're literally taking a trip. You just plan this massive wedding. You got all these gifts. You're flying high. You're calling your boo husband now. You're calling me wife. It's, just so exciting. And I'm not saying that it's still not exciting, but everybody tells you along the way that marriage is hard work. There's not a single soul that I've met that hasn't directly said it or has shown me through the struggle that they've been through in their marriage. They ain't lying. They ain't lying. So when Justin said that to me, I was like, well, yeah, I kind of did expect that. And something Justin and I did very quickly after getting married was enroll ourselves into couples therapy because we want to build a family one day and we realize that there is inevitable um, obstacles we're going to have to overcome together. And we would rather be prepared through the help of, you know, a a very educated, psychologically astute um, professional to like help us weave, bob and weave through these obstacles um, more soundly together because, you know, we've, we've watched, we've been alive for long enough to watch marriages unfold and I don't mean unfold like in a bad way just evolve and happen and one constant thing that I've always seen is communication issues with relationships so I knew early on like we got to nip this in the bud and that's kind of my style of handling things anyway is just trying to like solve it before it becomes a bigger problem although that sometimes bites me in the ass later not letting things just play out um, the way, the way I looked at it was I wanted to build a more solid foundation upon which we could build a family. Right. And, and that so, was the biggest part. Cause you can't yeah. like, we can fight all day when it's just him and I, I refuse to have some of the battles we've had in front of a child. Like I refuse to raise my voice in front of my child. I don't want to do that. And sure it's going to happen because we're going to lose, you know, be at the edge a couple days. You know what I mean? It's going to happen. Um, And I'm not denying that there won't be slip ups, but the more mindful we can be and the more um, honest we can be in the approach to the fact that like there are things we're going to disagree on. And that that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in this past year is not being in denial of our differences and not being in denial of our kind of off the cuff differences of you had a bad day or I had a bad day and what you said to me rubbed me the wrong way and now we're in a fight. 
And now all of a sudden we're, you know, taking shots at each other's character and all of that just because we had a bad day. The person didn't hear us the way we wanted to be heard. The person didn't take care of us or soothe us in the way that we wanted to, we wanted them to. And I, I learned pretty quickly into this one year that you have to just accept the fact that like the fights are going to happen. It's how you manage them. It's, the disagreement's going to happen. It's how are you going to diffuse it and make sure that it doesn't escalate. So it was hard in the way that you thought it was going to be hard or was it hard in a different way? I think it was hard in the way that I thought it was going to be hard. Like we were going to ha- we were going to hash out some communication issues. So it wasn't hard in a surprising way at all? No. I don't think so. No, no, not like the relationship. I think life, you know, this year in particular was kind of tough, but that was mostly because of, you know, what we've talked about in a previous episode of, you know, being on an SSRI and then coming off of an SSRI and the effects that it had on me mentally and physically. Um, But had it not been for that specific reason, I would have expected like the level of arguments, the level of figuring things out, the level of headbutting. I kind of expected it. And what actually was really interesting, of course, you know, we're around a lot of old people while we're in South Dakota and we're telling everyone it's our anniversary. We're excited. We're celebrating. And most people want to toss us their marriage advice and or we were outright asking. We're like, yep. what? You've been married for 30 years? How, what'd you do? What's going on? Yeah, how'd how you, you make still it alive? Work? <laughs> yeah. How'd you make it work? Because him and I are just like beaten down a little bit from this year of a lot of the things we've been learning and a lot of the you know arguments we've been trying to fine tune, one might say. <laughs> and uh, everyone said it just gets better. And one person in particular said... The first few years were the absolute hardest because of communication issues and you can't stand each other and you're putting up with a bunch of crap you never thought you'd have to put up with and you're getting disappointed by by this person. Um, you're not getting your needs met by this person or so on and so forth. But then they're like, then you meet this, you get to this threshold where you start to accept and compromise and understand the person for who they are and love them for who they are and kind of push away all these expectations that you have. And that's a big part of the, at least American wedding story is this big expectation. You found your Prince charming, your soulmate. He's perfect. He's perfect. Like get the out of here. Like no one is going to serve your every need. No one is going to provide you all your wishes and dreams. And no that, one can read your mind. No one can read your mind. Oh Lord, that's something Justin and I have definitely been working on that like I have to be more direct in saying what I need instead of like beating it around the bush and saying something indirectly that then insults him because I didn't just say it directly. Like something as simple as I just needed a hug. But instead I'll say something that's beating around the bush and taking a jab at him, and then he, now he's upset because he feels insulted, and now he's definitely not giving me a hug. <laughs> so, you know, for example, so I was really encouraged actually to hear that because it makes sense to me too logically that like, yeah, it should be hard the first X amount of years. It should be hard. You're figuring it out. 
you know, you get better at, at things the more you do it and the right. more experience you have and you right. start to learn. Yeah, logically, it makes sense. And in our defense, we've been, like we said, we've been going through couples therapy to like shore up the foundation and to get better and better and better and to not settle for average and not settle for above average. And so in therapy, you get a lot of stuff gets shaken up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's like, that's, that's pre, it's, it's like prematurely pulling a scab off of a wound. Yeah. You know what I mean? To go yeah. back the, uh, like a, a wound that wasn't healing quite right. You know what I mean? It's like, let me just rip this bandaid off and go to town trying to fix it before it's, and actually maybe that's a bad analogy because it's not that it's not ready. Um, we're just choosing to not let it hit us upside the head, you know, three years from now. Instead, we're, we're um, proactively trying to figure it out. We're not letting any minor things fester to become major things in the future. So that's, yeah, the, the year has been more difficult than I think I, than I yeah, thought it was yeah, going to so, be. <laughs> okay, yeah. So let's go back to that. So we're, we're in the car and he asked me this question and I said, well, yeah, this, this was as difficult as I thought it was going to be because everyone told me it was going to be difficult. Um, and I asked Justin, well, did you think it was going to be this hard? And he said, yeah, I, I think I knew it was going to be hard. I think it, it's hard in a different way. It surprised you. You said no. In the car. Yeah, no. You said no when I asked. No, no, no. I'm, I'm still. I'm having. I have the same answer. Right. It's, it's as hard. It's hard in a different. It's harder in a different way. So it is. It is harder, but it's. I knew it would be hard, but it the the way in which it was hard, was surprising. I think it was this. It was more intense than I expected. Yeah. Like, I expected disagreement and, um. I expected communication issues, but I think it was more intense than I expected. It was more emotionally draining than I expected. Yeah. I thought, like, yeah, this is going to be really hard because it is. It's marriage is hard, but I didn't expect it to go as deep as it did. But that I'm sure you also kind of created that preconceived notion before we entered couples therapy in yeah, our first of year of marriage too, yeah. because. Like you said, I think that played a huge part in intensifying everything because there's just first year of marriage without digging up dirt and that's already hard. Yep. And then we said, you know what? Fuck that. We're strong. We can handle this. We love each other. We want to make the best possible situation we can and create the best environment we can. So we're like... We're gonna we're gonna go after this stuff right now. We're gonna go after all the difficult stuff right now, and I think that's what made it super intense. Yeah, we we chose to make it more difficult than we had to because you know short term pain for long term gain. We're 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 investing in suffering now so that we don't have as much later. Yeah, and I think it's a good move. I I do. It has been a difficult first year. I won't deny it. Um, but I'm happy. I'm happy too, and I'm happy to hear a lot of those couples say that they all, you know, the one I'm, I know the one you're referring to, in the the his and hers alehouse and winery who said, yeah, our first five years were really hard, and then mm-hmm. after that it got m- so much easier. Yeah, and they said five years. I was like, geez, five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it makes sense. And but that's why that's at least that's why I married you. Because 
if I'm going to, you're someone that I can see myself pushing through a lot of the crap with. Like you're, I can shovel rocks for you. There's not a lot of people that are worth all that work. Oh, thanks, babe. You're welcome. Yeah, I, f- I feel the same way. We just got all mushy out <laughs> here. Ooh. Mushy with the mucus voice guy. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, great. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us today. Um, we've got a really cool guest coming for our next episode. Um, so definitely tune in and check out the next episode. Share this episode, which is episode 11, with your friends. Um, pretty exciting that we're past 10 episodes and on to 11. Who'd have thunk? Yeah, I know. Who, who would have thought? It was this, has this been as hard as you thought it was going to be? Making a podcast? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, we took some like time off here and there, but here's the cool thing. Well, oh, so close. We did 11 episodes. Well, we did, yeah. No, we did 12 episodes in a year. Oh, yeah, because we did zero. We zeros. started with zero, yeah. zero, and then uh, episode 10 was two-parter. Yeah. So we did 12 episodes in that's, a year. Yeah, that's good. Wow, that's a lot better that's of a rate bad. than I thought it was. That's really cool. So we won f- once a month. We can do that. Yeah, we could definitely do that. I'd like to do it more. Yeah, let, let us know if you guys um, would like to hear this more often. Is you know, It's all about you guys. If you guys want to listen... We need somebody to listen to us or what the hell? Yeah, I mean, motivation to spew. <laughs> yeah, give us some motivation to keep spewing. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Longo Combo or on Facebook. Our page is called Change Your Mind. Um, but definitely leave us a comment and let us know if you'd like to to hear this more often and or um, if you have any other fun comments or... Um, topics. Yeah, topics that you want to hear about or if you've been married for a while and you agree or disagree with any of the things we just talked about so thanks for tuning in thank you